It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. First you feel the tremulous rumbling, then the faint smell of sulfur smoke. The spectral tracks appear in the mist, and the red light, like a demon's eye, cuts through the darkness. Screaming down the track, the transcontinental terror is making its nightmarish run. Welcome back to the transcontinental terror. A train from hell that makes a stop through all the stations and crosses. Through all the 666 levels of the abyss. And through the mortal planes. Even those on the far reaches of sanity. I'm nobody special, but they call me the Railroad Hobo taking rides where I can, where the steel tracks lead. Tonight's vision of the transcontinental can be seen at least three times, beginning with the most worrisome of things, from Will Anderson, Bump in the Night. Patterson account at nine, and I've got to be sharp. Listen, what are you doing? He'll hear you. Stop it. If we're up, I'm at least going to turn on the lights. There. There it is again. Where? There's nothing. Stop talking for a second and listen. Emma, I am a patient man, and if Dr. Green says that you need your... This is not the time. Can't you hear it? Someone's out there. Emmy, please, not again. Don't not again me. I know what I heard. There's someone out there. Please, dear. If there was something out there, why isn't Elvis barking? Elvis, my poor little... Oh, calm down, Emma. It's okay. No, it's not right. It's just the morning paper. I know, but Elvis... Why isn't he going to the door? Oh, Jesus. Emma, maybe he's asleep. Just maybe he's smarter than us. Every day, Carl. Every day the paper comes at four. Daily papers are like that. And And he's scratching at the door and whimpering to get out. I'm sure that... Quiet. 
There it is again. I told you that... No! That's not Elvis. Where's the phone? No. No, you need to calm down. The phone! Emma, please. They told you last time. Not again. Well, that's what we pay them for. Emmy, please just try... Carl! Give me the phone! Oh, Emma, a man can only take so much! Fine, I'll get it myself. Oh, never mind. Here! Hello? Hello? I swear I heard someone breathing. And then it's dead. Carl, the line's dead. What? Uh, I'm sure it's okay, Emma. Okay? What do you mean, okay? I know what I heard. It's just... The wind. The storm. It's nothing. Someone's out there, Carl. You know it as well as I do. Stop it, Emma. The phone. The dog. Someone's in the house, Carl. Just stop it, Emma, and get a hold of yourself. The phone. The dog. There. Don't tell me you didn't hear that. It could have been anything. The house settling. Maybe the wind. Maybe... (gasps) Well, I tell you what... Uh, you just go ahead and try. If I would have gotten all the chances you did. You would have what? 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 What the? <laughs> you should have seen the look on your face when he started barking. Oh, you're an ugly mud, aren't you? What's the matter, boy? Can't jump the fence? <laughs> Come on, Bob. Leave the dog alone. Oh, there you go again. Got all the answers, don't you? Anyhow, like I told you, just like I told her, I ain't gonna buy nobody no. No! Not outside! There! See, Emma? It's nothing. Just some drunks wandering home from the tavern. Oh, Carl. Oh, Emma, it's okay, baby. It's okay. Elvis chased them off. It's okay now. No, it's not. Don't you see? What? Elvis is outside. So? I brought him in, remember? The storm. I brought him in before it started. You said to make sure he stayed off the couch because he was wet. How did he get outside, Carl? How did Elvis get outside? Uh, Emma, just calm down. You're going to work yourself into a state. But Carl, the dog. Look, Emma, I didn't want to have to tell you, but... Shh! I hear something. Emma, please. There's nobody else in the house. I put Elvis back out after you came up to bed. You what? But why? thought that maybe if he was out there, you could sleep through the night without having him wake you up when the paper came. But the rain... He's a dog, Emma. What do you think they did before people started taking them in as pets? He'll be all wet and cold. Uh, He'll live. And I won't have to call the cleaners again to get the wet dog smell out of the couch. So you put him back out in the rain? My poor baby. I know it wasn't the right thing to do, but I did it for you. Honest. All alone out in the rain. Oh, my poor baby. Uh, Look, Emma, it's not worth getting all worked up about. It's going to be morning soon, anyhow. I will go let him in. Yes, please, Carl, please let him in. And while I'm at it, I'll get you one of those pills Doc Green prescribed for when you get all worked up. Carl, be careful. Emma, don't be like that. 
Maybe we can nip this in the bud and still get a couple of hours of shut-eye before I have to start downtown for that meeting. See, I told you, Emma, there's nothing out here. Ah, darn these old lights. Emma, do you know where we put that flag? Carl! Carl? Carl? You have been listening to Bump in the Night. Bump in the Night was written and produced by Will Anderson and directed by John Clack. The cast includes David Nicholas as Carl, Betsy Richard as Emma, Chad Roberts as Drunk Number One, and Tim Petitionak as Drunk Number Two. Music composed and performed by Roger and Buddy Allman. Bump in the Night was engineered by Tim Barrett and produced by More Media Records. This production was made possible through a grant from the Central Michigan University Office of Sponsored and Research Programs. For Bump in the Night, I'm Chad Roberts. Good night. What's that you hear? The sound of fear in the smoke as we round the next bend. Our second stop is a rendition of the Jack J. Ward script, Duel, by CNY Table Reads. The title says it all, but the question remains. How much of facing your adversary is nerve, and how much is fate? And where do you weigh the balance of your vile vehemence? Are you here, Fentmore? Up on the green, Mockery. Of course you are. Up here, Mr. Mocker. I'm sure he can find his own way up here, Gerald. Spythe is my manservant, Mockery. Mocker, as you well know, Fentmore. There a reason you asked me out here this early in the morning? I figured we should have a chat. I've got better things to do than to get up here for 7 a.m. The fog alone... Is par for the coastline, old sport. Quite invigorating, in fact, don't you think? Smythe, the box. Yes, sir. What's that? You, Mr. Mocker, have been a very large thorn in my side. A thorn you won't need to worry about shortly, Fentmore. Beginning in 87 minutes, actually. Oh, you think your takeover bid will be successful? I never gambled, Fenmore. Men such as us, Mockery, always roll the dice. It's part of what makes life worth living. There isn't such a thing as men like us. Perhaps not. Thank you, Smythe. Very good, sir. No, there are men who were bred for better things in the world. And there are men who, through conniving and trickery, reach far beyond their station. If by that you mean there are men who are born with a silver ladle in their traps, and others who work hard, I'd have to agree with you. Yes. Well, nevertheless, you will not get Shire Industries. My lawyers assure me otherwise. Mr. Mocker, 
we both have competent lawyers, and they will take their pound of flesh, tying us both up in knots for as many years as they can. You have a proposal. Uh, you could admit defeat. Never. Or we could continue this legal tango for another five years. I see no other alternative. Well, what if there was? What if there was what? An alternative, Mr. Mocker. A quick resolution to our impasse. I'm listening. In days of yore, men of gentle disposition settled their accounts much differently. If you'll notice. What? Are those antiques? I assure you, they work most effectively. You can't be serious. Oh, but I am, Mr. Mocker. These are a pair of dueling pistols. They've been in my family for several generations. Notice the ornate gold trim on the handles. Are they loaded? My manservant will attest that they are in excellent working condition. He had them inspected by the finest and most discreet gunsmith in England. It does well to send some things to be worked on abroad. Surely you're not suggesting... I believe twelve paces will suffice on a foggy morning. Of course, as the challenge, gentlemen, you choose which pistol. This is insane. I won't be a party to this. Of course not. Certain sentiments of civility are not the nature of someone of your station. It's murder. I assure you it is not. Mr. Smythe. Yes, sir. What did you see? Well, officer, Mr. Fentmore and Mr. Mocker were admiring the antique pistols when one went off. It was a terrible accident, sir. I gladly lay witness to it. It would never work. You seem to make a lot of excuses, Mockery. But then your sort always tends to do so. Out of my sight. It was a fool's errand to think of you as an equal, even to an enterprise such as this. All right. That's the spirit, Mockery. Reach for a higher station. All right, damn you. Show me the guns again. Here you are. And you can trust your butler? Manservant. Smythe has been with my family all his life. There is no one more loyal. Now come. Back to back. And count off as I do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, of course, eight, I am a crack shot with a gun. Nine. Then you have nothing to chance, do you? Ten. On the twelfth pace, turn and fire. Eleven. Twelve. What are you doing? Oh, giving you a sporting chance, mockery. Fire. No, this is crazy. I won't. Well, if you don't, I shall. Right now. It didn't work. Of course it didn't. I had Smythe's gunsmith create a very clever kill switch in the design of both guns. Fortunately for me, I know where that is. Goodbye. Mr. Mockery. Don't do it. I gave you a choice. Farewell. Is he dead? It appears not quite yet, sir. 
I can see by your shocked look that we've surprised you. Your man, Smythe. Please, sir. Sorry, Gerald here. Expressed his job dissatisfaction to be some time back and made a very compelling proposal. You see, he found a way to fix the weapons to make it look like they accidentally backfired. Brilliant, don't you think? There's room for that kind of innovation in my company. If you don't mind, sir, I'll just take the estate promised to me by Master Fentmore for my complicity in the accidental shooting and retire. I'm looking forward to the rest. And I'll take the company. You see, Fentmore, there's one thing that you didn't take into account. New money always pays better than old. Perhaps Fentmore could have spent more time considering the caliber of the man he meant to kill. Perhaps he could have used nine lives himself. Our last stop for the night brings us another tale from Will Anderson and Pete Lutz with what the cat dragged in. Ninety-six fifty-four. Ninety-six fifty-eight. Ninety-six sixty-two. Is it the brown one? Yeah, what do you think? Well, to be honest, I think you've confused quaint and run down. <laughs> but you're right. It will be a quick walk to the train. And you've got to admit, the price was right. Well, when you suggested house-sitting, I pictured more Cape Cod than Bates Motel. Come on, it's not that bad. Seriously, Matt. The whole neighborhood looks creepy. It gives us a roof over our heads until we can get back on our feet. (sighs) I guess. Now, how long until you can get here? Don't know. I'm stuck here at least another hour or so. So much for carrying me over the threshold. Look, I'll make it up to you by picking up supper. Chinese? Yeah, uh, Hunan shrimp and two egg rolls. Got it. Gotta go, babe. Okay. Bye. Come on, Maggie. Nothing to be scared of. (laughs) Oh, look. There goes a hipster on his fixie bike. Three months from now, we probably won't even be able to afford rent in this neighborhood. Quite the load you're hauling there, Missy. Let me help you with that gate. Oh my god. You startled me. (laughs) So you bought up the Tate house, eh? No. We're just staying here for a while. I'm Maggie Moultrie. Tate's was here for 30 years. Nice people, the Tate's. Little odd, but nice. Odd? Then Bobby Ringgold had it. He was a strange fella, that one. Strange? How so? Went to prison for killing his girlfriend. 
killed her in that very house. What? And now you... And now me what? And now you, living here... Oh, do you live around here, Mr... Mr... Uh, sorry, I didn't get your name. It's Herms, young lady. Bartholomew Herms. Live right next door. Where you coming in from? Well, uh... Pretty young thing like you. Sure gonna stand out around here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, look, Mr. Herms, my husband and I are just looking after the place for a while. You know, that's what Bobby Ringold said to me. Huh. Storms are coming. Um, well, I, I better hurry inside with this stuff. Bye now. Okay, here's to a fresh start. And... Pew! Once it stops raining, some fresh air. Is that shag carpeting? Oh, my aged aunt. This place hasn't seen an update since the 70s. Or maybe even a good cleaning. Aw, hey, it's so dark all of a sudden. You left this one out in the weather, young lady. (sighs) Mr. Herms? What is the matter with you? And you shouldn't leave your door standing wide open. Pretty young thing like you, all alone in a big old house. Yes, all right, now, thank you, Mr. Herms. I'll take that. Good night now. Ah, crap, my back. Matt, I can't believe you left me to do all this. You shouldn't leave a window open in this weather. Yes, yes. Thank you for your help, Mr. Herms. Just... Watch your fingers now. Oh my... That guy. I'm ten freaking years older since I met him. What? What the... For crying out loud. Who turned out the lights? Come on... Answer already. Hello? Hi, where's the breaker box? What? What happened? Matt, I broke the house. Huh? We've got a bad connection here. Broke the house? Oh, you know, I just had this crazy idea that maybe turning the lights on would be this great idea. And of course, the power went out. Very funny, Maggie. Yeah, it's a hoot. So, where's the breaker box? Uh, I've got bad news for you. It's a fuse box. Yeah, I've seen one of those before. We had one in our cabin growing up. Where is it? It's in the basement. Right. Great, of course it is. Now, I could use the flashlight on my cell, but it's almost dead, and if I can't get the power to come back on... Do we have any other options? Yes. Check the boxes I dropped off this morning. There should be some candles with the kitchen stuff. That or you can sit in the dark. 
dozen boxes on top of that one. That's the one marked camping for the lantern last summer. Yeah, it's here. <laughs> Smelly old thing. Well, wipe it down with the rest. Should be matches in the face. Hey, you okay? You sound funny. Well, I'm pretty creeped out already, hun. I've just met our very, um, unusual next-door neighbor who told me some things about this place that I didn't really need to learn. Huh? Like what? I'll tell you later, Matt. I'm okay with sitting in the dark if you're coming home soon. I don't relish the idea of going downstairs by myself. How long till you get here? I'm getting things wrapped up as fast as I can. Matt. Look, I gotta go. If you don't want to look at it, just hang tight and I'll... Matt? Matt? <sighs> Great. <sighs> no power. Weird neighbors. And bad cell reception. <laughs> What's not to love here? Maybe if I go outside. Hmm. The porch is covered. Oh! oh. Uh, hello. Where did you come from? I'm waiting for Mama. Does everybody in this neighborhood answer questions that I didn't ask? Are you related to Mr. Herms, honey? Mama promised me she's gonna come get me and Kitty Kitty. That's right, Kitty Kitty. Mama's gonna come get us, soon as she can. Kitty Kitty don't like the rain. Why would your mother come here to pick you up, honey? This is Uncle Bobby's house. Look, dear. I don't know where your uncle's house is, but he's not here. There's no one here but me right now. It's got the yellow kitchen. Me and Mama helped him paint it, even though he said I wasn't big enough. I'm sorry, honey. Your Uncle Bobby doesn't live here anymore. He's not really my uncle. Mama told me to call him that. I want Mama. Kitty, kitty, don't let be alone. Oh, all right. Come here, sweetheart. Don't cry. I'll help you get back with your mommy. Do you know her phone number? No. Okay, um, now look, sweetie. I'm sure I've got something in the house to wipe away those tears. How does that sound? No. I don't want to go inside. Ma Mama always says not, not to trust strangers. That's good advice for sure. But, but you seem nice. Thank you. So, how about I sit down with you on the bench too and wait right here with you? Okay. My name's Maggie. What's yours? Mama will come soon, kitty kitty. I, I know you don't like the rain. Ma Maggie says Uncle Bobby's not here. Mama will be here soon. Promise. 
like your pretty hair ribbons. I know. Mama says they make me all fancy. They sure do. But it looks like the red one in the back has come loose. Would you like me to fix it? I don't know. Nobody can do them like Mama does. Well, how about if I give it a try? I have a brush in my purse. You and your kitty stay here, and I'll go in and get it. No, come back. Kitty, kitty. No, wait, come back. No. Oh, I'm sorry, hun. You better go in and get him. No, I don't want to. I don't want to miss Mama. But don't you want to find Kitty Kitty? You find her. It's dark in there. Please? I told you I don't like the dark. Oh, sweetheart. I don't either. But look, right here by the door, I've got... I've got this lantern. Let me light it, okay? There we go. Isn't that nice? Now come on, we'll go in and find Kitty Kitty and... I don't like inside Uncle's house. It's dark and scary. I know. But we can be brave together. It'll be okay. Take my hand. There we go. Kitty Kitty... Kitty, kitty. Where are you, baby? Wait. Watch where you're going. I know my way around here. See? I told you it was yellow. Me and Mama helped paint it. I spilled some on the floor right there. Uncle got mad. See that red spot? Uncle made Mama do that. Is that what I think it is? Oh, shh, shh. I think I hear her. Kitty, kitty? Are you down in the basement? Come on up. Come on, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. Come on. Come on. Let's go. I'm scared. I hate it down there. I know, but listen. Listen, Kitty Kitty's scared too. We'll have to go down and get her. No, it's too scary. I don't want to go down there. Okay, okay. You just stay here then and uh, I'll go down and... No! No! for mama to get me. Hey, don't run out in the storm. Ugh, for pity's sake. I guess it's me then. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming, kitty kitty. Stupid name for a cat. Steady girl, one step at a time. Matt, when I get my hands on you... Here, kitty, kitty. 
I see you. Come here, sweetie. No, not back there. What is that? The furnace? Come on, sweetie. I won't hurt you. What are you digging for? You found <coughs> kitty kitty. Oh, little girl, you scared the... Hey, when did you come down? You found kitty kitty. She's behind the furnace, honey. I'm uh, trying to... I'm too big to get behind it. Can you slip back there and get her? I... Little girl? Little girl? Now where'd she go? Great. Calm down, kitty kitty. I'll get you out. It's okay, kitty. I've got you. Come on. Whatever you're hanging on to, you have to let that go. I can't... little wait what's that <gasps> that red ribbon there's hair attached Mr. Moultrie, now that the fire's out, we need to seal the remains off until crime scene gets done with the rest of the exhumation. You got some place to stay? Yeah, sure, but that's the last thing on my mind. Just tell me, officer, do you think she's going to be okay? Hard to say, sir. It was quite a shock she had. But, I've got her loaded up in the ambulance. You want to ride with us down to Mercy General, sir? Now's the time. 
Is there anything else, officer? Uh-uh. Go ahead. We'll be in touch if we have any more questions. Being with your wife is probably the best help you can give. Uh, okay. Here's my card. It has my direct line if you need it. Okay. Let's get her moving. Matt? I'm right here, baby. Matt? Matt? It was horrible. I, I couldn't move. Her mother was holding me and the cat... And the little girl, she said, and... and It's fine. It's all over. Everything's going to be okay. I'll tell you what, Garrity. I've seen some rotten stuff during my time, but this is one for the books. The D.A. got Bobby Ringgold for killing the woman, but... Yeah, I remember that. And they had cadaver dogs all over the place back then. How did they miss the little girl? Who knows, Sarge? Who knows if... Excuse me, officers. Hello? Who's this, Garrity? Next-door neighbor. He pulled the woman out of the house after the fire started in the basement. Herms, his name is. Why, Mr. Herms, you're quite a hero tonight. Twent no more than my neighborly duty, Lieutenant. I'm just a sergeant, sir. Sergeant Kopinski. Um, can you tell us what caused you to come over to the house in the first place? Yes. Well, I noticed that this young lady... Mrs. Moultrie? Mm, yes. Uh, I saw right at the first moment I met her that she was nice. A bit odd, you know, but nice. Odd? Odd how? Well, we both heard the thunder, and I told her that a storm was coming... But she went and left her front door wide open. Mm-hmm. And then, after the storm set in, well, just being neighborly a little while later, I pointed out to her that one of her windows was open a little, and she shut it. Hmm. And where were you at the time, Mr. Herms? I was right outside the window in question, Captain. Sergeant, and you said it was raining at the time? Oh, yes, but I was all right. I was under my umbrella. I see. Now, let me ask you again, what made you come over to the house that last time? I'm trying to tell you, Inspector. Sergeant. Well, please tell me, sir. I went out to the sidewalk to get my evening paper. The boy always leaves it on the sidewalk, even though I ask him time and again to toss it up there. You see, my covered porch there next door. So I go out there and I find it and it's soaking wet in my lands. I stand there a moment and... And? And what, sir? I look over here to the Tate house, and the front door is standing wide open again. Rain is blowing in. There's thunder, too. So I hurry over to let the young lady know. And it's then that I see. Go on, sir. What did you see, Mr. Herms? Well, as soon as I get in under the overhang, I look inside the house... And the young woman is standing in front of the basement door. And even though there's no music, it looks to me like she's dancing. Dancing? And then I realize that maybe she's not dancing. She's struggling with somebody or something, you know. Calling out, saying, let me go, like that. Things were kind of dark in there at first. It's possible that somebody got in and was attacking her. But you didn't see anybody? <clears throat> no. And then, well, and then, the basement door opened, and a cat trotted out, and the girl screamed her head off. 
and it's then that I noticed a bright light coming up from the basement. But it wasn't just a light, it was fire. I ran in, almost tripped over the cat. It was dragging something, looked like a tarantula tied up in a pretty red ribbon. Curious, but I didn't have time to think about that. We know what that was, don't worry. Hmm? <clears throat> and I see right away that the fire has completely taken over the basement. I shut the basement door again and take the young lady by the hand. She's standing there stuck still. I guess maybe the fire spooked her, but she follows me willingly enough out the door. She had a cell phone in her pocket, so I used it to call 911, and here we are. Wow, that's some story, Mr. Herms. Yes, sir, and every word of it is true. I don't doubt it one bit, sir, but uh, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Not at all, Commander, not at all. <sighs> yes, sir, thank you. You say the door to the basement opened and a cat came out. Yes, a cat. Funny thing. Yes, sir. That cat looked a lot like the one the little girl always had with her. You know, the one they couldn't find. After. Uh-huh. As I was saying, you saw the door open. Are you sure about that? Yes, indeed. Did the woman open it? Is there any chance that she reached out to the doorknob and... Oh, no. No, no, no. She was struggling with that unseen person at the time. No, I'm positive. That door opened all by itself. And then that young woman shrieked her head off as if she'd seen something unspeakable. Oh, officers, the look on her face as I led her out of the house. I'll never forget it. But the unseen person, who was it? I guess nobody. Huh? Nobody? Nope. Well, nobody human, eh? All right, sir. We'll be in touch if we need any more information. If you think of anything else, be sure to give me a call. That was a play produced especially for Transcontinental Terror 2020, entitled What the Cat Dragged In, by Will Anderson and Pete Lutz. Our cast consisted of the following players. Jessica Rainville as Maggie. Austin Beach as Matt. Phil Boyd Studge as Mr. Herms and the EMT, Delaney Brittingham as the little girl, John Bell as Sergeant Kapinski, Rachel Pulliam as Officer Garrity, and Rio Oki and Olive as the cat. Our theme was Private Reflection by Kevin McLeod under an Attribution Creative Commons license. See show notes for attribution. This is CK Standard speaking, and this was a 63 audio production mixed and mastered in Corpus Christi, Texas.
63 Audio. This is Mutual. make excellent pets around the abandoned train yards. They don't ask for much, and love to catch their own prey. Pray tell that we'll see you again next time the transcontinental terror makes its journey through the lands of horror and spite. Until then, my friends, good night. The Transcontinental Terror is the seasonal anthology series from the Mutual Audio Network and contains stories and frights from a variety of the world's leaders of audio drama, spectral sound, and tales of terror. See you next time on the Transcontinental. Have your tickets ready. It's bound to be a bumpy ride. Thank you for listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. We invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama. Or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.